Welcome to The Woods. The Woods is a podcast for those leaving traditional religious beliefs in search of true connection and personal growth. You may be here because you had to leave the church village that you've always known. Maybe you stumbled upon us in search of something bigger, but like also you're kind of freaked out because you don't want to go to hell alone. <laughs> I'm Lindsay Bacardo. And I'm Lauren Moffat. Together we're setting up camp with a warm fire to build a community with others who are also finding their way to the woods. The topics that are off limits in the village are welcome here with us. We're glad you're here. We're here in the woods. Yes. Camping. Actually, we're in our kitchen. Uh, let's be honest. Camping at our kitchen table. Yeah. We moved out of my office because I have been in that office for too many hours of my existence. So here we are with a plant and uh, <laughs> a Mother's Day plant. And random mail and a paper towel <laughs> and my laptop. Okay. Today we are talking about the difference between like volunteering because you have to give time or else you, something's wrong with you. You're naughty. <laughs> the difference between volunteering, but also actually just needing support yourself, oh like needing gosh. other people to pick you up and you not picking people up all the time. Yeah. I think we talked about it the other day and it was basically like how we tend to bury our pain mm -hmm. by serving others. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of a Christian fundamental, what would you say? Be uh, belief? Belief. Yeah. Or lesson or like a uh, part of suffering. Part of suffering. Oh, what do you mean? I mean, that's a great, thank you for asking me that. Thank you for asking. What? <laughs> like I've never interviewed you. That's a great question. I'm buying time right I now. Mean, thank you for clarifying. I think what I mean is, is that typically it's brought up to serve others when you are hurting. Yeah. So you're in pain and then somebody's like, you know, you know what would help you? Volunteering. So, okay. I, there's so much we want to say. Our brains are like a little bit like... Because we have so much emotional yeah. energy around this. Like for example, let's give an example because it'll be easier. When we both have been, gone through a divorce, right. <laughs> obviously. Uh, if you don't know that, <laughs> we're also dating. Whoa, okay. When we went through a divorce, you know, there was this temptation right before I went through a divorce to start like a marriage support group with my husband. Oh, interesting. And I'm like, maybe we should have people over and serve you know, homemade cake and talk about our feelings with our friends who are having struggling marriages. And then, mm. the, then a part of me, and I think my non-Christian therapist was like, no, <laughs> no. Now is the time to do that. Now is not the time to try to support other people in something that you are really not doing well at. <laughs> so what's interesting is I think that group would have been full. So the group would have been had... full and we still would have gotten divorced. Exactly. But I think that's one thing that we both experienced because we were in small groups and we were married. And then when you go through divorce, it's like crickets, man. People don't come out and say like, that's wrong. You're naughty. It's just complete silence. Well, I, you had an interesting thing that you talked about, which was this phrase, a social contract. Yeah. You, being a part of a small group that there is this expectation of if you're in the group, mm -hmm. then you are also expected to give. Did right? anybody, yeah. Did anybody else get sick of being like, am I snacks this week? Oh, we got to stop at the Grosch and get a Danish for everybody to cut up and eat. And the whole time you're just like annoyed at the grocery <laughs> You know, and then you bring it, you like throw it on the table and you're like, here's your stupid Danish. Now let's fake read the Bible together and then pray for our, our second aunt because we don't actually understand intimacy and relationships. And then we'll go home and feel like we want to die inside. I just me? I think that's great. Is that just me? I think that's great. That's about Hello? every single one of my small groups. Every single small group. I, I mean, why do we have to have snacks? 
that was my whole thing. Like, just eat before well, you you're come. You're not a snacker. All right. Okay. When we have like the woods retreat, I'm gonna. I'm not in charge of snacks. You're not in charge of snacks because you'd be like everybody. There's there's sticks in a river outside. Go get a drink. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like I'm like heartless, but she's not heartless. It's just something else I have to think about. But she just doesn't want to think about it. But I was thinking about the whole piece about obviously with my divorce. Yeah, I had a small group, and um, and you and guys were it, tight. You traveled together. Previous small, like a small group of the small group, right? It was like the first small group I was in with my first. Like when Anya was little, I had like three different types. All right. Okay. So <laughs> we I wanted to like say like, this is like the ancient small group. And so we, we kept our friendships going. But when I got divorced, things just went quiet. And a year later, I ran into one of them. And, you know, the first thing that was really said was like, hey, so-and-so is having a divorce you sh- or is in the middle of a divorce. You should reach out. And I'm kind of like standing there like I feel really alone like even more alone like dude that's awkward what the hell did you think i was going through this past year you know that now this person is prescribing that you go support somebody else yeah and you're like it was hey really weird you even reply to my text so it was weird weird experience that would be weird yeah. i think i was actually with you in this app it was yeah it was <laughs> it, it was in Lindsay. you were <laughs> i was there <laughs> And it's hard too to be gracious and to not feel real like that messed you up, Boo. That situation. I know. I know. It, it was, like I was down and put out. Put you for in a, a tailspin, which I think is exactly what happens because it's like, wait, it's kind of like relationally violent to be like, you just ignored me for a year because I was going through a divorce. Now you're suggesting that I go hang out with other mutual friends that are going through a divorce. Like this is very it's just an odd dynamic. I'm curious. I want to hear in the Woods Facebook group when you've had these moments when you really needed love and support and connection and people instead expected you to give. Mm-hmm. It's so strange. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about this. We always compare like the village, which is like living the church life, living the community life when everything is like clear and expected. And then the woods, which is kind of wild. You don't know what's going to happen next. You're kind of relearning how to trust your intuition and your gut. So let's talk about this in terms of the village, like when you want to create a support group, but you actually need support and you should be receiving in that moment instead of giving. The motive behind volunteering when you're suffering can be completely about escapism, Mm -hmm. you know? And it's also this like downward social comparison, like, you know... Um, I know you feel bad about yourself and you're struggling, but if you go volunteer at this place, you'll feel better about yourself. It's so not example, said that way. No, exactly. it's not. So the example is like somebody's going through a rough time and they say, I'm going to start volunteering at the homeless shelter. And you think like that's so noble, but part of what can be happening behind the scenes mm-hmm. is like you're doing that because you want to look at homeless people and feel better about your life. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You're not really there because you're like, we're really one. We're the same. I have space to give. I am here to create space for you and support. Which is so interesting because I think in in my own experience in the church, that's been set up in a way so that you don't get too self-obsessed or, or preoccupied with yourself and your own experience. But you are. Exactly. Either when you're suffering, do you think this is true that when somebody's suffering, they are preoccupied with themselves? Yes. I think that's, that's how you're, it's like, if I've got a bullet wound to the arm, 
I'm not going to, that's going to be the only thing I'm thinking about until that's taken care of. <laughs> Honey, come make me a macaroni and cheese bowl. Yeah. So uh, yeah, you're not thinking about anything else. You're not thinking about anybody else. Well, and what's the, why is there so much pressure to have perspective, I guess, in the middle of suffering? That's why? a good question. Why is there? I, I don't know. To me, it's like, I, this is just going to prolong my suffering if I'm not able to, to nestle into it and understand it and feel it. And when we work in therapy, there's so much about being present and feeling your pain versus it being about suffering versus being about needing to go outward and escape yeah. what you're thinking. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So what about the woods? When somebody is volunteering or giving in the woods, mm -hmm. what do you think has shifted for even for you as you've left the church life? So let's talk about Celebrate Recovery because I think this is a great bridge that I experienced in the village and the woods because you can you can be in either one and be a you part of Celebrate Recovery. You don't have to be recovery. a believer. No. But what or I a believer. Believer. <laughs> what I love about Celebrate Recovery is that it's a 12-step process and the first 11 steps are about yourself, your own self-awareness, your own limits, your own suffering, your relationship to a higher power, your relationship to others. And then the 12th step is when you actually are eligible to do service for Isn't others. Isn't that wild? So you're really there at first to say, I have lost kind of control of myself, of my life. Mm -hmm. I want to grow in my self-awareness. I want to get reconnected to some spiritual truth. Mm-hmm. And then you're making amends on like the eighth or ninth step. That's not the 12th step, but you are starting to reach out and connect and just make amends with people before the 12th step. Right. And, you know, I understand this is, um, it's an addiction model, but obviously people use it for codependency. They use it for other things. But this idea of that there's so much space and time given to healing and to be ready to give to others and be present to give to others. And to give back. And I think it's a really interesting term that we use this a lot really mindlessly, but this idea of giving back, that means that you have to be given to first. To give back. To give back. Yeah. So if you're feeling empty right now, like I think a lot of people are, oh, one of my dogs decided to join us. Hello. Hello. Hey, yo, Yayi. Come here. Lali. If you're in a spot where you're feeling really fried. It could be because of the pandemic. It could be because your kids are home all the time. Work isn't right. You feel strained with your partner. All those reasons. I hope that you feel the freedom to just go and get support for yourself. Mm -hmm. I think that's really, I mean, we have a lot of people on our team that support us. I have a therapist, a coach. I have um, mentors that are on my team. Mm -hmm. We each have five or six people that when we are tapped out, mm -hmm. we don't pretend that we have anything to offer. We're mm -hmm. just like, hey, I'm in trouble. Help me. I can't think right about this. Help me. That was a muscle I had to develop after leaving the church was just going into conversations and relationships, you know, being honest with myself. Am I here to give or receive or a blend of the two? And I just told somebody the other day, I was like, I just need these things from you. Tell me what that energetic exchange means for you. Tell me how much you want me to pay you to mm -hmm. do these things in my business or to help me think differently in this way and not feel like everything has to be reciprocated or mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. just to be more honest about and not feel selfish about it. Even going to therapy at first for me felt indulgent. I think that's really important to think about how difficult that can be 
to accept and to help to accept help. Yeah. Well, help support, um, resources, even time. Agreed. That is so true that it is, there's something really humbling about it and you want to be like, I can give back or how can I help you? And, and I think there's something cool about being in a stage of life where you can just be aware and make your ask and have healthy people around you. You can say, I can give to you right now. You do that with your friends all the time. Heck like, yeah. do you have space to give? Heck yeah. It's the, it's the most freeing thing ever. Now, why do people even bother then to volunteer in the woods? Cause in the village, it's to make yourself feel better about yourself, but in the woods, you're not really, well, it could be, but tell me what you think giving in the woods looks like or volunteering in the woods. I think it's so much about joining a mission with others. It's a way to connect. Connect. It's a way to make the mission even bigger. Um, it's a way for you to find meaning. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, those are those are deep relationships that you have. And also, there there are mental benefit. There are mental wellness benefits by giving giving back. Yeah. But I think it's so much. Um, a personal decision. It's a holistic decision. And there's a lot of like self inventory around like, who, who do I want to support? How do I want to do that? Versus the, in the village, it's much more directed. And you have like a, a sampling of about four different choices. You're volunteering in the nursery because you're a woman. Pretty much. It sounds like a blast. (laughs) (laughs) But I I would not find you there. (laughs) uh, You would not find me there. I did so much compulsive volunteering and giving. And even I'll just go like the worship team route for a minute. Being on a worship team of a mega church is about 15 to 20 hours that week. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you want to believe that everybody is there with a pure heart. And then another part of you is like, y'all just want to feel cool on a stage. There are smoke machines. <laughs> and it sounds so judgy, but it's, <laughs> it's weird because I liked, I liked my, one of my favorite things to do is to like go backstage after and just watch how people behave. Mm-hmm. What did you see? Most people acted like pretty normal, but I think sometimes you get kind of jacked up from the performance or it's like exciting. And then, and then you, when you go to go back out, you kind of have to build your ego up a little bit and get kind of big to have the guts to go out there. But that's not really about God anymore, but huh. everybody would say it was about God. That we talk about weird. that when I go on stage to speak that that's like, true. I'm like a puffer fish, like the last <laughs> about four minutes before I start, I'm like, yeah, it's not that I am mean to people or rude or like yelling. It's just like your energy field gets bigger because you're about to go on stage and you feel a little protective, you feel excited. And so it was just always interesting to watch all the musicians go through that experience and um that's just that type of volunteering had a ton of payoff because you got attention you got to do something cool i bet you know and then you're like oh there's ushers how's the ushering going is it good <laughs> okay <laughs> don't even get me started on the greeters the greeters did you get a paper you're like cut? you just got here <laughs> did you get a paper cut from that pamphlet you're okay but i think that there is just in the church there's so much you, you want to say there's no judgment around volunteer jobs, and yet everybody knows there is, and that's the part that's always funny to me. That's interesting. There's like a hierarchy. There's a hierarchy, and we all know it. Tell <laughs> us your hierarchy in the Woods Facebook group. Oh, gosh, it's funny. But this idea of like when you live in the woods and you only give when you are ready to and when you want to means that you get to give freely, and the meaning is you really want to be there and have this experience. Like going to homeless shelters, helping at risk youth out going to prisons now for me 
is a very different experience than it would be as a missionary where I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. Do you know the gospel? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Real quick, I need you to do this prayer because we're keeping track of numbers. Or I'm really there watching you and kind of judging you and feeling better about myself. Mm-hmm. I think one thing that we talked about is now mm-hmm. I would go because I am them. Mm-hmm. I am the prisoner. I, mm-hmm. I, I am a human in the same exact way and experiences in the same exact way. And it's very grounding to see yourself more truly. Like I am you. I love that. And you know, you're not using people for your own gain to feel better about myself or I'm not using them to say, I shared the gospel with them. I'm just there to be like, I'm just living present in this moment with you, with you. Yeah, it draws the distinction for me, like pity and empathy or pity and compassion are not the same thing. Let's compare pity and empathy. Pity is like a power. Like I have more power than you and I feel bad for you that you're puny compared to me. And empathy is we are the same. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you in this Mm -hmm. experience. Mm -hmm. You said something interesting the other day. You said no one wants your pity. Exactly. And that is so freaking true. Yeah, I mean... I've had that said to me back early in the you know church giving days. It, pity does not feel good to anyone at any point, ever. It's not empowering either. We know from a coaching perspective, like the worst thing we can do is pity a client mm-hmm. because we just took their power away. Exactly. Instead of saying, I know you can figure out how to get through this. I respect you for you know, how well you're navigating all these different scenarios that you're in. Mm-hmm. Letting people keep their power. I don't have to take it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, it, it really does go back to this whole idea of your statement, especially doing prison ministry. Like, I, I am you. There isn't a power dynamic. I'm here to, because this is aligned with who I am. I have also, like, the other piece of taking responsibility and taking personal inventory. Like, I am free to be here and be present, and I, I am fully here for you in whatever way that you need. That does take a lot of personal responsibility, yeah, that's true. Well, and I think I, I saw that one of my friends, Kate, she would do work inside of prisons, which was really cool. And she would do these exercises, these like therapeutic acting exercises mm-hmm. where somebody would share something they've been through and then other prisoners would act out mm. their experience. And it's a way of like mirroring mm-hmm. and showing comfort. And when I went into the prison with that hat on with Kate, I'm like, oh my gosh, we're all just here together. Mm -hmm. That's all. Mm -hmm. It's like so simple and Mm -hmm. it got so complicated. Like I'm here to save you or I'm here to feel good or Mm -hmm. I'm here to check this off the list and I'm a good girl now or I'm a good boy because I did what I was supposed to do. But, and no one thinks about it with that much linear focus, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but it was very different going in with Kate who is an actor and a writer who was there just to have an experience with other human beings. I I get it. I can remember for myself, I used to do uh, pregnancy tests for teenagers when I was in college. It was something I volunteered to do. And then ironically, five years later, I was really searching for one of those places for myself and had such a different experience. Like I, you know, full circle, I am here. I'm trying to find a place where I can get pregnancy test or plan B or some type of support because I'm scared out of my freaking mind. And four or five years ago, I was doing this for someone else. Did you feel like you were judging those teens when they would come in? I had to have been because especially for like the youngins. And 
I had judgment towards single mothers for sure. And then I became one. So I've had my bout of judgment and then becoming. <laughs> and getting smacked in the face with the same exact a judgment. A lot, a lot. So it was, it was a very humbling experience for me. And it really has changed how I see humanity in a much more connected way. It's pretty incredible. Yeah. I think it'd be so cool to hear other people's stories like that. Mm -hmm. Or where, when, when was the moment that you realized that your volunteering was about you and not about other people? That would be cool. Yeah. Because I've had a lot of those, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. A lot of those moments. <laughs> I remember I felt bad when I left the church and when I was coming out because I'm like, I'm not giving anybody. I'm just taking care of me. Well, and that was like a weird, like, oh, this doesn't feel right. I really do... In every way that I give, I am so conscious of the, the question of like, can I be present? Do I want to do this? Do I want to do this? Yeah. Do I want to do this? How would this be helpful to me and to the other person? And then what do I want to give? So it's, yes. it's you know, you get to decide all of those things. There's, there's no checkbox in the woods. Like, this is what it means to give, blah, 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 blah. You know, it's not a prescriptive thing. That's right. So you get a lot of freedom in the woods to decide how to honor yourself and others. And, you know, that's such an empowering decision and an empowering experience for both people or both parties, whatever that looks like for you. Mm -hmm. And I think that makes sense because there's some ways that you could give time and energy that doesn't feel heavy. Yeah. And then there's other ways that feel incredibly heavy. And now you have a choice about, you know, how you're going to give your unique gifts mm -hmm. back to the world. Mm -hmm. I have this thing where whenever there's a new mom in my life, I, you know, and this is really simple and just friendships, but this is important to me that I've been a young mom. And so for me to be able to, if there's someone who has a little baby, I do all the things that are the harder piece of it. So I drive to them. I take them a coffee. I you know, meet them during their time because they are the ones that are in the trenches. So you're just, I think the thing is too, that you're contextualizing your giving in each relationship. Yes. It's not like I have friendships and then I have a giving section exactly. of my life. It's like, <laughs> what does my friend need? Are they empty? Am I empty? Maybe this isn't the time for us to hang out or we better go do something that fills both of our cups. Yes. I think that's what's been so cool too, even, you know, with Grace, mm my friend, I always say grace. I'm like, not the Christian term, but the name, <laughs> grace the name of a friend. It's kind of like, Hey, I, you know, she'll, she'll reach out and say like, do you have space? This is what I'm going through. Or I'll do the same thing. And I think there's just something. And there's times where then if the person is like, yeah, I totally have space for you. Let's talk. Mm -hmm. Then there's a ton of freedom. It's much richer conversation. Yep. So thinking about how you give and take inside of every interaction. Yeah. We have a lot of awesome episodes coming up. We do. We are going to be talking about if virginity is even a thing. Oh, this one's going to be exciting. It's exciting. We're going to be talking about, <laughs> we already talked about how pastors not licensed therapists, which was <laughs> my jam. <laughs> I want to talk about the satanic rituals we've adopted. Everyone oh snap my pictures of your crystals that you all know. <laughs> exactly. I do burn sage in the house. Uh, we've got a lot Deck more. Deck of cards, anyone? Oh, that was satanic, basically. Are you talking about 
The symbols of God. You don't play with you don't play with cards. It's like gambling. I know, but I didn't know if you were talking about like tarot cards. Oh, or that too. I mean, you're talking about actual just like bicycle cards, like the six of diamonds. The Uno. <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> I'm joking, but we have a lot to cover. Yeah. You're not joking. You're yeah. totally serious. Okay. Uh, we love you guys and gals and theys and thems. Yes. All of all, all the all humans, humans in between. Okay. Until next time, you can find us wild and free in the woods. Mm-hmm.